Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. And today, we will be joined by the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, a five-time Pro Bowl selection, a man that has been dominant at his position, and one day will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The new Arizona Cardinals defensive end, J.J. Watt, takes some time out of his arrival in Arizona to join the Adam Schefter podcast and talk about why he chose Arizona. And we have now entered into the month of March, which is, in my world, the busiest month on the NFL calendar. It's the start of the NFL New Year, which this year begins on Wednesday, March 17th, and signifies the start of teams being able to make official trades, free agent signings, cuts, whatever they want to do. It's going to be an incredibly busy month of March, but it hasn't really begun yet because teams are still waiting for the NFL to issue the final salary cap number. Now, all along, I've always thought it would be about $181 million. Other people think it could be as high as $187 million, but that money will make a difference in what teams can and can't do. And while free agency will be a big deal this year, it always is, There are no bigger deals than all of the percolating quarterback situations around the league. We've talked an awful lot about Deshaun Watson already, and that standoff between those two sides continues and shows no signs of letting up. The Texans are adamant that they will not deal Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is adamant that he will not play again for the Houston Texans. You tell me who comes off their stance. And when that happens, and we could forecast exactly how that would play out. I don't like the position the Texans are in here, but we'll see how that, again, transpires. Now, the real interesting one, which is semi-new, is the situation out in Seattle with Russell Wilson. And last week, his agent, Mark Rogers, told me that there are four teams that Russell Wilson would accept a trade to. Let's take a look at all four of them and figure out whether or not it's feasible. The Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Chicago Bears, and the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll start with the Cowboys. Don't see the Cowboys being able to make a move for Russell Wilson, as much sense as it might make to some. To do that, they would have to get Dak Prescott traded to Seattle. And Dak Prescott would have to be willing to sign what we think will be his franchise tender, To make that trade possible, why would Dak Prescott cooperate with the Dallas Cowboys and allow them to dictate where he's going to go in the future? He doesn't owe them that. And so he's not going to do that. By being in the position he is now, Dak Prescott has an unofficial no-trade clause because unless he signs his franchise tender, they can't trade him. They cannot. So Dak Prescott is controlling that situation. So it makes Dallas illogical and improbable. Nothing in this league is impossible, though. So you never know. But again, illogical and improbable. The New Orleans Saints, interesting. Would make a lot of sense. What I would say here is that there's a lot of history between these two teams in terms of trades. Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis in New Orleans. John Schneider, Pete Carroll in Seattle. They had a trade once for Jimmy Graham. That was a big deal. They had a trade once for Max Unger. Big deal. They've made deals and they are familiar with each other. Mickey Loomis even worked in Seattle at one point in time. 
But what can the Saints realistically give back that would fill the Seahawks' quarterback position? Taysom Hill? That's not going to work. Not enough. And then their pick is at the back end of the first round. And they have cap problems. So as great as Russell Wilson would fit in New Orleans, that is not an easy trade to make. More likely than Dallas, but still very difficult to pull off. But the Saints are very creative. And if they could be creative here, and if Seattle were willing, that would be a spot that would be worth watching. Chicago. Now, the Bears once made a blockbuster deal for Khalil Mack. And they really don't have a quarterback that they're planning to build around going forward. And Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are fighting for their jobs. So Russell Wilson would be a godsend, a lifesaver, somebody that they would want to bring in, somebody that they'd have to bring in. Again, what would be the trade package in return to make that worthwhile? It's hard. This isn't the New York Jets with pick two or the Miami Dolphins with pick three, a team that could just offer a pick that would enable Seattle to be able to take its quarterback of the future. What is Chicago going to offer? Can't even offer Allen Robinson. Hasn't signed his franchise tender. And so it's a tough trade to pull off for Chicago too. But to me, they're, they are desperate. They, they have to get something done. And so I never discount desperation because that's always an interesting situation. And then the Las Vegas Raiders. That is a team I think that makes some sense. Now, the issue there is that the Raiders like Derek Carr. They're not really looking to move on from Derek Carr, but if you can get a guy like Russell Wilson, that would be tremendous. But is it enough to make you want to give up your first round pick, maybe a future one, and Derek Carr to get Russell Wilson? Are you willing to give up all that to get a new quarterback when you already like your quarterback, your current quarterback? I don't know that you are. I, I think the Raiders of those four teams that Russell Wilson listed are the most plausible and logical of that list, but even that is complicated. So if there's a team out there that could put together a trade for Russell Wilson, to me, again, the Jets at two, the Dolphins at three, they are the ones that would make the most sense. But Russell Wilson has a no trade clause in his contract, didn't list those teams, and could veto a trade to anywhere he's dealt without his prior consent. Again, Think about this, though. We've got the Russell Wilson situation. We've got the unsettled Deshaun Watson situation with no end in sight. Who knows if the Aaron Rodgers situation will come percolating up again? There are any number of quarterback free agents. And so as we take a look at the free agent class, the list of great players who are out there, and there are an awful lot, you take a look at Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Trent Williams. Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Leonard Williams, Justin Simmons, Levante David, Brandon Scherf, Joe Thune, Marcus Williams, Jadevian Clowney. A lot of guys, a lot of players. They're all really interesting and compelling, but there's nothing as compelling as the quarterbacks. Always, ever. That's always the case. But we will see how the free agent board falls, and we will be tracking the quarterbacks. And one of the free agents who fell this week was none other than J.J. Watt. But before we get to J.J. Watt, I want to quickly tell you about ESPN's newest podcast, First Take, Her Take, hosted by Charlie Arnold, Cheney Agumake, and Kimberly A. Martin. These three ladies discuss their lives and culture while also diving into some of the biggest stories in sports. Download and subscribe to First Take, Her Take 
as well as the Adam Schefter podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, this week's guest, the newest Arizona Cardinals defensive end, the great. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. JJ Watt. Hello there, JJ. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself? How's the last 24 hours gone for you? It's been great, man. It's been very exciting. Very, uh, a lot of energy. Very excited about it. Why Arizona, JJ? Uh, every, every, all the signs pointed there. I mean, I, there's a ton of exciting young talent here. Um, in this league, you need a quarterback to have a chance. They've got a very young, talented quarterback, um, who can continue to take the next step. Um, the defense I'm very familiar with. Van Stroves was, was with me down in Houston with Wade Phillips early in my career and runs a very similar style to that defense. You've got guys like Chandler Jones and Buda Baker who, uh, are very exciting pieces of, and there's many other young pieces on the defense and, uh, I think it's just a team ready to grow and take that next step. You look at the last three years, they've continued to increase win totals every year and uh, are on that trajectory, and I'm looking to, to help fast-track that trajectory. And what about the quarterback there? What do you think of him? I think he's a great player with a ton of talent. I think he's extremely uh, fast and quick. I was talking to my brother in a game he played against him last year. He's, he's like, that guy is extremely fast. Um, <laughs> and he, he can throw, he can do everything, and obviously in Cliff's offense, um, they've got it all dialed up and he's very comfortable in that. So I think as he goes from year two to year three, he's only going to get more comfortable and take that jump. You played your entire career in Houston. They drafted you in the first round in the 2011 draft. What was it like to be in another team's building as another member of another organization on Tuesday? After 10 years, it's definitely different. Um, there's no question about it. I mean, 10 years is a long span of time and, and there's a lot of, um, things ingrained in the memory. I can say only one time so far have I accidentally slipped and said Texans instead of Cardinals. Um, but 10 <laughs> years, 10 so years far, will do yeah. that to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, I can say that the walking around this building and being in Arizona here for the last, you know, whatever it is, 12 hours, um, the people have been unbelievable. The, the owner from everybody from Mr. Bidwell on down has just been truly welcoming and kind and incredible and excited and energized. And there's definitely an energy and a buzz in this building right now that I'm excited to capitalize on. You know what's kind of cool? I don't remember the last time a number was unretired. You better be a pretty good player to have a number <laughs> unretired. And you called Marshall Goldberg's daughter and got permission to wear 99 with the Cardinals? I, yes. So this morning when I woke up, uh, I saw the report that said that somebody, I mean, I guess I don't know if it was TMZ or who had reached out to her and she's, she had given her blessing for me to, to wear it and for them to unretire it. Um, but I wanted to speak directly to her, to hear it from her and to also tell her my unbelievable gratitude and thanks for that, that gesture. So yes, I, I spoke on the phone to her this morning. We had a great conversation. She's very sweet. Um, and she gave me the blessing to, to wear 99. Um, and it's, I told her that I would do everything I could to make sure that we honored him properly. Uh, we remembered him and everything that he, why his number is retired. Um, and also that, that I make a donation to the fund that has been set up in his name. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Good for you, JJ. I love that. I love that. What about the idea of rejoining DeAndre Hopkins there in the desert? 
I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, he's he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. He's an unbelievable player. He can change the game at any time. Uh, he can catch a ball anywhere on the field, anywhere you throw it. And he's he's a hell of a player. And I'm excited to be back out there on the field with him. And we definitely have familiarity and we have unfinished business. So we're looking forward to working together. And I'm sure there's nothing to talk about between the two of you. Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing at all. No conversations <laughs> at the lunch table. Right? Nothing like that. Now, also, yeah. when you were a free agent, was it ever realistic to either join your brothers in Pittsburgh, which would have been kind of cool, or to go back and finish your career in Wisconsin? How much thought was given to either of those two scenarios, JJ? There was a lot of thought given to every single scenario. Um, like uh, This situation, uh, especially kind of with where I'm sitting this year, where I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to take my time with it because, you know, we had this kind of gap between right now and when free agency starts, but I was released and was able to sign at any time. Um, so we could really sit down and look through all the options and speak with all the teams and gather all the information we possibly could. Um, and there were definitely, there were a lot of great options. There were a lot of great opportunities to play. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm very, very excited to be here in Arizona. Did anyone make the decision difficult for you? Everyone did. I mean, that's, that's the, that's kind of the crazy part about, you know, the NFL is that there's, there's always going to be difficult decisions. And, um, I was very fortunate to be in a, in a position where that was the case. Um, but I'm, I could not be happier and everything here, walking around this building and speaking with everybody today and, um, being ingrained in this organization very quickly has affirmed uh, that I made the right decision. Now you turned 32 on March 22nd. How much gas is left in the tank and does being released provide a little bit more gas there for an even better season in 2021? I've got plenty. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. One of the, I grew up obviously in Wisconsin and I saw Reggie White as a Green Bay Packer. And most of my life, most of my career, I didn't even realize that Reggie didn't start with Green Bay until he was 32 years old. I only ever knew Reggie White from the age of 32 on. Um, and I've obviously seen him accomplish incredible things and everything that he was able to do in his career. Um, and I know exactly how my body feels right now and the way my workouts are going and uh, how everything is going right now. So I'm very excited for the future. And the last thing, what will it be like not playing with Deshaun Watson this season? You're in Arizona. He's in Houston for now. Who knows where he'll be? But what will it be like leaving behind Deshaun Watson? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's going to be the hardest part, hands down, is obviously I have a ton of teammates and friends and lifelong friends that I've back in Houston that, um, that I'm obviously not going to be playing with anymore. And Deshaun is one of those guys. He's an unbelievable player. Uh, he's a great person. He's a great friend. Uh, we talk all the time and he's, he's a guy that I am absolutely going to miss playing with because he's, he's a special person and a special player. Um, I'm looking forward to building new lifelong relationships and friends here in Arizona, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And will Houston always be a part of your soul there, JJ? Like, will it always be a piece of you? Always and forever. Yeah. Those people, the bond that that city, um, has afforded me to create with them. I mean, some of the things that we've been through and some of the, the, the relationships that have been created down there, uh, the city of Houston will forever be a home to me and I will forever be grateful and thankful to those people and consider them as family because they they're it's very rare and I appreciate how rare it is and I respect and, and I'm thankful for that relationship because I know not everybody gets to have a relationship like that. And how much money did you raise for that city and charity and 
Habitat for Humanity. No, pe- I didn't. That was all the people. That was all the people. There's incredible people all over the country, all over the world that donated and helped us out. Um, and Houstonians stepped up all over and they're having to do it all over again. It's just, it's one thing after another down there. And I truly just, I, I want peace and happiness for them because it's it's been a difficult run. Hey, JJ, lots of luck forging the new legacy in Arizona. Lots of luck with the Cardinals. Appreciate taking some time to join us today. Congratulations on the new deal. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Have a great day, man. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And there is the three-time Defensive Player of the Year, a man that is bound for Canton, Ohio. And it seems like there's something with great NFL players going out to Arizona to finish their careers in the desert. We saw Emmett Smith do it. We saw Edron James do that. We saw Kurt Warner do it. We saw Alan Fanica do it. We saw all these great players do it before they went on to Canton, Ohio. And J.J. Watt will be the latest one who goes to finish his career, presumably, in Arizona before he finds his way to Canton, Ohio. J.J. Watt was obviously the big news over the weekend, but there hasn't been a lot of news because we're still waiting for the salary cap. And so that has enabled me to decompress at what ordinarily would be a time that I would have been at the combine, me and other people. The last weekend in February is the time where usually the entire NFL universe Pro personnel departments, coaching staffs, front offices, players, agents, reporters. Everybody is in Indianapolis. I've gone to Indianapolis the last week in February, first week in March, whatever it may be, every single year since 1993. So this would have been my 28th or 29th straight combine. I've probably spent more time in Indianapolis than I have any other NFL city that I haven't lived in. And we didn't get a chance to go this weekend because obviously the combine doesn't exist because of what we're all going through and living through at this current time. So as opposed to being in Indianapolis and meeting with all sorts of people and having coffee with them and breakfast and lunch, which I love, it's always a great treat and privilege and honor to be able to meet with a lot of these people. I was home over the weekend and there was more time on my hands than I expected to have. And we periodically on the Adam Schefter podcast have issued television recommendations. I think we issued the 
Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max, which was outstanding. Well, on Friday night, we're home, my wife and I, and I was on the phone with somebody. I said, hey, give me a TV special to stream this weekend. Give me a TV series that we should be watching. And the guy said, your honor. I said, what's it about? Oh, it's about a judge. Son gets in trouble, fights for his son, and all that goes on in the city of New Orleans. And so I said, okay, we'll give it a shot. My wife and I sat down Friday night to watch the first episode of Your Honor. There are 10 episodes. Each one is close to an hour. And by Sunday morning, Sunday morning, we had watched all 10 episodes of Your Honor. I guess that's what they call binge watching, right? Because once we sat down and once we started going through it, I told her this is as about as intense as anything I've ever seen on TV. It was intense. It was unbelievable. Loved it. Great job by that cast. And I would recommend, if you haven't seen it, to watch it. Now, people have said Breaking Bad is better. Maybe I'll get to Breaking Bad at some point. Queen's Gambit, which I do want to watch, which I'll watch after the draft. I'll binge watch after the draft, which my wife has already seen. Haven't seen it. But I can tell you, if you haven't seen Your Honor, I would recommend that. I posted it on Twitter. I want to see all the comments. Some people loved it. Some people not as much. I'm telling you, it was fantastic. And then we wrapped up the weekend on Sunday night, watching the second part. We'd already seen the first part this past week of Allen versus Farrell, the documentary on, I think it's HBO, which it revisits the 1990 scandal where Woody Allen was accused of assaulting his daughter. And I got to tell you, I know Woody Allen came out and denied it, said it was overstated. I watched it and it is damning. It is damning against one of the great American filmmakers. And it's amazing that it didn't get more attention. And frankly, it's amazing that Woody Allen's career was not completely wrecked. I know that people don't look at him the same, but this documentary reveals his thinking and his thinking is off. It's just off, way off, way off. And that guy has done some great movies, but some of his behavior is, what's the right word I'm looking for? Disgraceful, uh, shameful, despicable, bad, just really bad. I'd recommend watching this though. Allen versus Farrell. Fantastic. And I think there are a bunch of episodes of this. We've seen two now. We're two episodes in. We'll be watching the rest. It is quite enlightening to say the least. And then earlier Sunday, word came that Irv Cross, the former Pro Bowl defensive back who became the first black man to work full-time as a sports analyst on national television with CBS, died Sunday. He was 81 years old. And I know Irv Cross was a Pro Bowl cornerback during his nine NFL seasons. I didn't know him as a player, but I knew him as a broadcaster. And that was the very first pregame show, the NFL Today, that I can remember watching growing up. I remember watching Irv Cross, who was a gentleman, a nice man, and Phyllis George, and Brent Musburger, and Jimmy the Greek, watching that show every Sunday. That show paved the way for other shows to be possible. And Irv Cross did it at a time where there were not many Black people doing what he was doing. 
And he was in a pioneering role as a black sports analyst. And he also went to Northwestern, where I went to graduate school. And Northwestern puts out a newsletter and put out a newsletter on Monday in which it reran a Q&A that it had done with Irv Cross a short time ago. And they had asked Irv Cross about meeting his idol, Jackie Robinson, as a child. And I thought what he said was illuminating and something that's worth pointing out. Here was his answer when he was asked what it was like to meet Jackie Robinson. I remember it like it was yesterday. Jackie had that white hair. He had that great smile. And my heart was pounding. When he shook hands with me, he looked at me and said, son, whatever you do in life, make your parents proud. It stuck with me. I've come to realize how important it was for Jackie to do what he did that night, talking to young people, inspiring dreams. That's why Jackie Robinson remains a hero to me. It's one thing to be a great player. It's another thing to be a great person. Jackie was both. What great advice, right? Think about that. Make your parents proud. If we just operated our lives that way, thinking about all the decisions we made, making your parents proud, that would be advice worth living. I once had the chance to meet Irv Cross. I remember we were getting ready for a Monday night countdown at ESPN headquarters in Bristol. And the Monday night crew was there. And we were in the green room, which is now a makeup room there. But I walked in and I did a total double take. It was Irv Cross and Brett Musburger and Phyllis George all in the same room. And I'm like, wow, this is my childhood come to life. I got to meet and speak with each one of them, thank them for the work they had done. And when I think about that great show, what's amazing to me today is that Brent Musburger is the only one left of that iconic group that helped pave the way for the NFL pregame shows of today. Irv Cross lived a remarkable life. May he always rest in peace. I want to thank J.J. Watt for joining the podcast this week. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting together this podcast and putting up with me. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week as the NFL news heats up, as there's more and more activity, as we creep closer to the start of the NFL new year on March 17th. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.